Greetings, troubled listeners. Welcome back to the Troubled Men Podcast. I am Renee Coman, once again, back in the safe house, on the line with my co-host, the original troubled man for troubled times and future mayor of New Orleans, Mr. Manny Chevrolet. Welcome, Manny. Hey, man. It's good to be back in the safe house, if you ask me, because things are going crazy nuts. Yeah. Things are going yeah. crazy nuts. In fact, right now, there's a jury deliberating on our, on Jason Williams, who's our you know New Orleans DA. Right. This is a guy who's supposed to you know convict criminals, and he's in court about to get convicted of crimes. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Yes, I saw they uh, they it went to the jury this afternoon. They deliberated for a few hours. They knocked off at uh, six thirty, I think. Yeah, they, because uh, they want to spend one more night in the hotel. I think. <laughs> wait, okay. wait, what? Are they are they being sequestered? The no. Who's the what? Who and what is what? We have a our this, the New Orleans Abbey, New Orleans <laughs> District Attorney this really is on trial yeah. for tax evasion. Ah. Oh, he, yeah. He just got and, elected about a year ago. And what was it? Two weeks later, the charges were brought against him. Renee? No, 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 no. He was already in under indictment right. when, he, when he got when elected. He ran. So, <laughs> no, when he ran, yeah. when he started, when he announced. So, uh, yes, this was already hanging over his head. It's and, taken a long and, time. Like, to, you know, just to just because I have to um, is it is the mayor's race a nonpartisan thing in New Orleans or is he a Republican? Uh, no, the mayor of New Orleans is always a Democrat. Ah. Yeah. And the DA's, uh, he's, right, the D- right. he's the DA, he's a Democrat. Right, right, right. right. So, right. Uh, I read that book, that big book, a long time ago. Okay, all right. <laughs> but but uh, but we like him, uh, he's a good guy, as, as we said last week, uh, so, you know, we w- wish... Uh, Jason, all, all the best of luck with this uh, jury outcome. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Well, you know, him. if he's found guilty, that he's got a. He's, they're going to step him down from his position. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you, wait, you, you, does you can't he get an appeal like everybody else. I, I guess so. I guess he does get an appeal. Yeah, but if he's uh, if it's sustained, yeah, he he he'll ha- he won't be able to continue. The to Renee. Say. Manny Chevrolet, district attorney, sounds pretty good, doesn't it? <laughs> okay, okay, you're setting your sights a little lower, but uh, it does have a, a lot of power. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, oh, you know, I know yeah. you've you, you've uh, you've had to tangle with the DA here before. So <laughs> yes, you, I have before. You un- understand as well as anybody the uh, the power of the office. Oh yeah, he's he's you know it's like one phone call and things get done. Apparently, Wait, interjecting again. Who? What? How? How do you know this guy, man? <laughs> well, I've ran for mayor quite a few times in the last twenty years. Abby, I am aware. You, you, get, I am you, aware. Get, you get to know these people. You know, ah. it's a small town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. So, well, so just you're like just hobnobbing, you know, at the debates and stuff with these guys over. Uh, I have in the past. You get to know them because you. During election season, you're you know you're, you become kind of like uh, everyone wants to talk to you. Every organization wants to talk to you. Every magazine, every local newspaper, they all want to talk to you. So you get to bump into these guys who are getting interviewed at the same time, and you get to know them. And uh, uh, you know they're they're all good guys, apparently. You know, they're good, <laughs> you know, they're, they're good guys. You know, and gals and gals. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but um, so that's interesting what's going on with that. We'll see. I th- I don't know what's going to happen. We'll see. I mean, he didn't even his defense team didn't call a witness or anybody. They just said the prosecution didn't have enough. And they, that's what they, they rested. 
So. Right. Well, I think that's what you do when you don't have any witnesses that actually can do you any good. You know, <laughs> you, you, you claim that the other side didn't have a case and you and you hope. Well, yeah, uh, and, and he's going to hope big time. And so is his partner. They're going to hope big time that, you know, but it also smells kind of uh, weird because, you know, it's like they don't call anyone. They just rest without doing anything. And so is there someone on the jury that might be in the pockets you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. As I say, uh, if you don't have any any uh, strong witnesses to bring, that's that's your only option right, right there. So we'll, we'll have to see. Well, in, in other news, you know, I think our mayor is still out of town, uh, still in the south of France, uh, I guess, looking for a new city she can move to and ruin uh, once <laughs> once once the her current uh, 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 term is up. I, I know, but that's not for two years. Right. Well, you know, she, she's, she's got to look ahead. Maybe. Well, so. she's doing what Nagan did, I think. You know, the second term, she's just collecting that money and she's just going out of town saying, oh, I'm going to France because this is our sister city here and I've got to sign documents, which you can't, you, you know, you can't do that o over the computer. You can't just sign a right. document. You have to actually travel there, which makes no sense. So yeah, I get it, yeah. you know, you know, sure, sure. You know, she wants yeah. to build up those frequent flyer miles before she's out of the office and stuff okay. like that. So, uh, whatever, Latoya's Latoya, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just, stuck just... with her for two more years, and uh, and she's stuck with us. So you know, she better watch yeah, out. Yeah, it's man. a two way street. That's we should true. get her on the show. Well, you know, Manny, uh, we'll we'll see what we can do. Uh, yeah, so, uh, one kind of mayoral, mayoral person to another, you know, she should want to be on the show. Well, yeah, well, I, I, she's troubled. She's I know she. Well, I know, I know, I know, Latoya. She's troubled, all right. You know, oh, she's okay. she's just in a different tax bracket. That's the thing. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, but yeah, she's out of town, and uh, you know, uh, like I always say for people who go out of town, especially across the pond, I always say, "Nice knowing you." So we'll see what happens, you know. Uh, yeah, hopefully she uh, signed into dentalrecords.com. <laughs> yeah, she, uh, exactly. Took her, her flight. We, we know from, from previous shows that that's a Big, prudent move. Yeah, there, yeah, it's a prerequisite, you know, if you're going to fly, right, right. You know, get your dental charts in order. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but what's well, been else, what else is going on with you, man? Well, uh, so, you know, my, my son has been traveling around. Uh, you know, I told you he was in Istanbul, and then uh, he's he's been very uh, marginally in contact with us. Uh, I get a message every now and then, and then he was he was in Ans Amsterdam after that, and then then uh, the, what are the messages. Can you send a cake kind of thing? Now 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 he's in Brussels, <laughs> right. and I was I was talking to a former guest, uh, Glenn Styler, and he said, uh, "What is he doing in all those cities?" And I was thinking about it. And I thought, you know, I, I I don't have any idea. I thought for a second. I thought. Uh, I don't know. Maybe Daniel's in the CIA or something. Well, <laughs> you know, it could he's be a, you know? a company man. You know, he's, he always keeps it very close to the vest. So, uh, well, does he do, does he say things like this to you, Renee? Does he say, "If I tell you, I have to kill you"? Well, he doesn't say that with his mouth. Maybe his eyes say that. You know? <laughs> okay. So once they start saying that, it's over. You should. Okay, you know. so I'm guessing this is a is a man person under 20 um no no he's uh he's he's uh, above 20 he's a college graduate but uh recent college graduate uh, yeah, started, still same, same, same. starting law school in the in the fall oh, and this is a wow. big uh trip uh you know to to go see some sites before he buckles down for the next three years that is impressive 
He's an impressive young man. He's out so, there to break many laws before he goes to law school. <laughs> well, uh, I guess that's the time to do it, you know? I yeah. think, you know, he should go to the Roy Cohn School of Law. Oh. <laughs> you know? Where's my Roy, Roy Cohn? <laughs> exactly. You know, just deny it, no matter what. Just deny it. It didn't happen. It's fake news. Whatever you say, uh, just deny it. That was Roy Cohn's advice to all his clients, even, even yeah. Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah, well, he, he took it to heart, for sure. You know, it's mm -hmm. like, you know, it's like when that old Richard Pryor bit when uh, he, he was caught in bed with another woman and his wife walked in and he said, I don't know what you're talking about. I have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about. What woman? What woman? There's a woman right there in your bed. I don't see one. You know, just that blatant denial. You know, and that's the Roy Cohn Institute of Law. But so he's uh, so he's not talking to you. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. No, he's uh, he, he's 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 over there. I'm. I'll be gone on the uh, the the iguanas uh, end of summer tour. Uh, I'll just miss him. We'll be ships passing in the night. But uh, but anyway, what else is going on with you? Well, Manny, I saw some some sad news. Uh, you know, our, our idols are dropping like flies. We lost Paul Sorvino. Uh, yeah, yesterday we did lose Paul Sorvino. He was a good tough guy. man. I liked him. I like his daughter better, but that's another story. Um, yes, she's a. Uh, um, but you know, it's funny you bring that up because uh, last Sunday, you know, this past few months, uh, uh, Wadzilla. You know, our friend Wadzilla. Ian Wadley, yes. Yeah, Ian Wadley. We've been going to these uh, movies, these classic films at the Britannia Theater every Sunday morning at 10 a.m., if wow, you can believe okay. that. We saw the Godfather reprint of the 50th anniversary, which was brilliant. But nice. this past Sunday, we saw they, they came out uh, with Goodfellas, mm -hmm. and it was a theatrical release of Goodfellas. So Wadzilla and I went to go see it because, you know, we're both big fans. And... Remember how you were saying that pistol whipping that Ray Liotta did on that guy? Right. You know how they edited it for television? Uh-huh. You said it was edited down to how many hits for television? I don't know, like like six or seven, something oh, like that. Okay, because uh, we made it a point to count how many pistol whips were done in the right. theatrical version. And it was only <laughs> and it was only eleven. Oh really? Yeah, okay. Just eleven. Yeah. So they cut it they cut it in half for T V, I guess. Okay. All yeah. right. I think I, I exaggerated when I reported it before, but you know, it's a but, yeah. hyperbole for effect is uh, allowable. Because it was funny. Well, I, it, I think there's actually like weirdly specific numbers that like standards and practices has like the blood, you can see blood, but if it moves, that's a different problem. And so like, you know, probably like four hits. Okay. Five. Nope. You've gone too far. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, I totally believe that. Yeah. And the thing was about this pistol whipping, you didn't really see blood until like maybe after the seventh hit. <laughs> you know, it was like boom, 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 and then the blood started. And that guy and the other guy goes, "Don't shoot me," you know that kind of thing, which is the most right, 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 most hilarious thing. And he goes back and, and hits him again. Yeah, he hits him one more time. Yeah, he just hits him one more time just for you know just to do it. But yeah, so that was kind of interesting because I remember we talked about it, and then we're sitting there, you know, ten minutes to ten in the morning at a theater. And it was packed. There was more people there for Goodfellas than The Godfather. Okay. Well, you know, when we when we talked about that scene, uh, I realized after the after 
listening back to it that we forgot about the best part of the scene which is when it cuts to Lorraine Bronco yeah. afterwards yeah. and she goes you know most women would, would have seen that and run the other way but to tell you the truth it kind of turned me on <laughs> and then they go mazel tov to the wedding right 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 yeah. so yes that's 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 the real punchline to that scene right yeah so it's a good movie it held up i mean uh it was the weirdest thing was though is that there was a lot of um uh parents who brought like their young kids to watch it like i'm talking like 10 year okay. 10 year old kids to watch it you know which was nice i, I guess i guess it's okay <laughs> you know um, gotta bring them up right man I, I guess so but um so that was fun and and something weird happened to me last week i gotta talk about real quick um, okay we can talk about tons of stuff but um, you know, uh, being a homeowner and stuff, we have a contract with Terminex, you know, that, uh, <laughs> the infestation company, company, yeah, you know? yeah, sure. They come by three times a year to spray and stuff. And, and one of those three times they come in the house. Mm-hmm. What are you they know, trying they, to kill? Well, just, they try to get rid of anything to, from getting in. Basically, Abby. You know, but it's of, mostly termites. Termites, termites is the big, and the, the, and the, the big cockroaches thing that'll your house. and yeah. the cockroaches and stuff like that. But, but that's what they're basically trying to keep out of the house. Now, they'll, they'll, right. you know, I'm fine with them outside because they're they're dying and stuff and all that. But you know, since the pandemic, it's been kind of odd because um, I, I used to have this guy, this regular guy who I got to know and stuff like that. And then since the pandemic, there was this new guy and then another guy and this guy and that guy. So I realized about three weeks ago that they hadn't set up an appointment with me. I go, when's the last time they've been here? So I called them up. And the last time they were here was October of 2021. <laughs> so, so I was like, wait a minute, where the hell have you guys been? So they said, oh, we're sorry, you know, pandemic, we're understaffed, we're sorry about that, but we'll send a guy right over. So they sent this guy uh, who just came by last Thursday. I'd never seen him before. He was this white guy, and he kept, he kept wanting to fist pump me. <laughs> I don't understand. It was like, I'm waiting for him. He's supposed to come between 9 and 10. He shows up a little after 9. I open the door. I go, Hey, I, I, uh, Manny and stuff. And he goes, Hey, pleasure to meet you. And he fist punts me. And his name is Jacob. And he's a white guy. And he's got like a Jufro. He's got this big Jufro, which is brilliant. You know? Okay, well, it checks out yeah. so far. Jacob, Jacob with the Jufro. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And go, I, go on. Yeah. And I said, Well, you know, you guys haven't been here since last October. He goes, Yeah, I know. And he fist pumps me again. <laughs> <laughs> so. I'm going, oh, God. It's like that scene from Seinfeld, practically, where Putty wants to high-five constantly. Oh, right. Yeah, remember that? It's like that. It's getting like that. So I go, well, listen, you have to do our tenant side first because he's, he, you know, he's got to work and he works from home. So can you go over there and do a side? So we knock on, we knock on our tenant side. Who, you know, he knows he's coming. And my tenant answers the door, and, and, uh, and he goes, hey, I'm Jacob, and he fist pumps my tenant. <laughs> <laughs> friendly guy man. yeah very friendly guy and then he goes i'm only going to be a few minutes and he's of course doing the inside it doesn't take much because they just basically put you know spray stuff behind under the sinks behind the appliances that's you know right, right, right. basically yeah. that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and so 
He goes, all right, I'm done in there. And he goes, I'll do inside your house. I go, okay, yeah, well, our house is a lot bigger. Our side's a lot bigger than his side. He goes, cool. And he fist pumps me again. Wow, again, <laughs> man. So I show him what the bathrooms are and all that stuff. And he does that. He goes, well, I'm going to get need to get outside now. I said, okay, well, you can just go through the side exit door. And he said, okay. Comes and he goes around the house. He does all his stuff. He comes back in the house. And I'm writing the check to him, you know, for the service. I'm writing him mm -hmm. the check. And he goes, that's about right. Yeah. And he fist bumps me again. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sitting to myself, okay, Jacob, it's time for you to go. Yeah. You know, right. <laughs> it's really time for you to go now. So uh, he said, listen, uh, I will uh, email you your receipt. I said, that'd be fine. And he goes, one more fist pump. And I said, okay, man, one more. Boom. Wow. He said it out loud? Well, he, yeah, he kind of, he kind of, he, he didn't say it in he words. It was just kind of like. Again with his eyes. Yeah, right, he was right, just right, like right. here. And then he goes, he goes and sits in his truck for like 20 minutes. And I'm thinking to myself, what the fuck's going on over there? I locked the doors and the shutters and I was, <laughs> I was done with him, you know. But uh, he's a good guy, as we like to say. <laughs> well, he, he was out there. He was out there counting up the fist bumps. You know, because to you, to you, it seemed like like Goodfellas. It seemed like twenty eight, but it was actually, it was actually only eleven. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Well, at least you know we've we've had people like our AC. We have a contract with our AC company, and mm -hmm. we get these guys and sometimes gals. The gals are always better than the guys. The guys are always like. Hey man, if uh, if you write me a good review, I'll give you twenty bucks. Oh jeez! You know it's like no man, I don't do that shit, man. Get the fuck out of here. Just yeah, do your job. Keep it on the up and up. Yeah, right, exactly. Right, right. So anyway, that was kind of something interesting that happened over the weekend. Okay. What's going All on right. with you? Anything else? Um, no, no. I just have one correction uh, that the, was in the newspaper today, and then we should get to our guest, don't you think? Sure. So it's, uh, it's correction ran in the newspaper today. It says. Uh, uh, a story Monday erroneously said a man was shot on Bourbon Street early Sunday. Authorities later said the shooting took place on Iberville Street. <laughs> oh, okay. So, well, which, you know, which, so, which, you know, which are a block away from each other, right? So we, well, they, they, they do intersect, but, uh, you know, I guess it's right around the corner, but uh, we stand corrected on that. Errata. So. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Right, right. Exactly. So uh should should we get to our guest now? Sure. She's she's exciting to me. She always has been. Let's get to her. Nice, nice. Uh so we're we're uh, very fortunate to have this guest. This is a guest you you mentioned way back when when the 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 early in the 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 history of the podcast, but we finally got her on. She's a a filmmaker, a, a writer, director, uh, has worked in all kind of aspects of the film industry. She's best known as uh, one of the, the as the co-writer of the great movie Sid and Nancy, um, co-wrote with uh, Alex Cox, and uh, she's director of uh, and writer of Roadside Profits with John Doe, Adam Horowitz. Uh, it goes on and on. And the two on, free stooges. Yes, no. Two free stooges. Yes, not to not to neglect that. Anyway, without further ado, the great Miss Abby Wool. Welcome, Abby. Hi. Hey. It's not too late for you, Abby, right? In in L.A. No, well, you know, I because I do go to bed like, at, well, I I I shut down everything by eight thirty. Okay, well, you, you still got some time. I got some yeah, time. yeah, yeah. You know, and you're out there in Long Beach, California. Yeah, Long Beach. Okay, so Abby, let's get let's come from the beginning. I've known you for a long time. I've known you since you were in high school. Yes, I was a grad student. Exactly. At UCLA, correct? At UCLA. 
Now, why you're from Missouri, right? I am. You're from Kansas City or St. Louis? I'm from St. Louis, but I prefer Kansas City. And, you know, to anyone who lives outside of Missouri, what's the difference? Yeah. Okay. So why UCLA? You just applied and you got in? Oh, gosh, no. Um, I have to, how much time do we have? No, I, I didn't really get the whole concept of going to college. I kind of kept just kept seeing it as a way to like live in different places. So I went to Boston University and a couple different University of Missouri and and I was an English major. And at some point when my dad moved to California and there was kind of a free rent situation, I thought, okay, I'll go to school, but I was tired of the English department. So who cares? And, um, and I started, I thought I'll take filmmaking and maybe get a job somehow. And I really liked it. And so then after I, and after I graduated undergrad, I moved to Los Angeles to become a filmmaker director and it didn't go that well. So I decided to go back to school. And from there on, I, I was a happy filmmaker in the indie life. Okay. So yeah, when I think the first time I met you was you were doing a film at UCLA, a student film. It was the, yeah. the Rita Steele private eye or something like that. Rita Steele private heart, which private you heart. one of the, one of the, the, these slate of cute little boys. It was yes. Boys. It was me. Yeah. Yeah. Cause Dick Rude had known you and Alex. Right. Cause um, actually Ramon is Ramon, the, yes. discovered Dick and Brandt. At AFI. Yeah. Or for his film at AFI. I don't know where he must have gone to. Yeah, it was called, I, I think that film was called Somebody's Bar Mitzvah or something like that. I thought it was Eight Troubled Angels or. Okay. I just remember oh, seeing that film and Dick Rude was at a bar mitzvah dancing with his date or something like that. And Ramon Menendez, he's that guy. God, that guy was a character. Yeah, he, he he's become even more so. He's kind of, he's kind of you know, be, as we all do. Like as you become older, you become like a more like kind of boiled down, distilled version of yourself. Okay, so I meet you through Dick Rude. We do this film. I play. I, I just remember having to be in my underwear and wearing like a a, US, a sash, like you know, contestant number one, or you know, from Argentina or something like that. Uh, and yeah, that's an and, you guys were, and it was we built a. It was like it was Battle of the Bands, right? But it was a literal battle where the bands were trying to kill each other, and then there was this kind of bridge between the two bands that the cute little boys and the cute little girls were fighting on and right. pushing each other off. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was kind of softcore porn in a way, don't you think? I know. I would not say because um, <laughs> it, it softcore like something because there is like kind of the driving part of the plot is a girl who's going to have kittens. Um, <laughs> so... So I mean I guess there's some softcore in that it's very like that softcore. girl was played by Jennifer Belgobin, right? Jennifer Belgobin, the original. Who, who I, I I see I see every once in a while I see her doing a Law and Order or something like that. She's still working. I I you know we have the same birthday and we contact each other every year. We have since I discovered what day her birthday was when we were on the set shooting Rita Steele's birthday party. And like, hey, when's your birthday? October? What day? 18th? Me too! 
<laughs> and so we've contacted each other there, but she does not, I don't know who, who you see, but I don't think she's been, you know, acting. She, she's a complicated girl. Very. Well, I, I watch a lot of reruns, so maybe that's it. Yeah, could be. Because <laughs> she's, I mean, she's, she's pretty much a, a recluse uh, in a sense at this point. Okay, so. Let me, uh, if I, my memory serves, okay, so you're with Alex Cox. You guys are all going to school. We're Moan. Peter McCarthy's there. Yep. Uh, and what's it, what was his name? Uh, not, not, I know we have Ramon, but there was that other Latin guy who had that crazy Latin girlfriend. Uh, oh, God. What was, and they were married for a while. That's uh, I can't like Ramon. <laughs> no, it wasn't Ramon. It was, uh, and then there's Sean, uh, Matt, what's his name? Sean. Oh, no, yeah, he'd he be yeah. dead. Yeah, he died and stuff like that. Yeah. So Not what happened? Okay. So then all of a sudden, like, uh, y'all graduate, and then how does Repo Man happen? Do you have anything to do with Repo Man? Yeah, because it it was actually we weren't graduated. He it was like filed. He he called it his thesis film, and through that, and and I especially it was the liaison for. Um, we shot at the school and so like you get parking if you're a student film you can bring your you know your usually your van into this kind of courtyard and unload your equipment and because I had gotten in such horrible like criminal trouble with the parking department at UCLA for parking illegally I was I was really I was in the worst trouble you can get in. I was gonna be expelled from school for parking violations. Mm, and okay. <laughs> yeah, but 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 through getting through that somehow I'd like I'd made friends with a lot of people in the parking department. So I went over to a say, Oh yeah, we're making this student film over the weekend and we just need some parking permits for the truck. And and then they were like so stunned with like forty eight foot trucks <laughs> pulled in. Oh. <laughs> it was so cool. <laughs> So we got free stuff as a student film. Yeah, and I got to free locations like the torturing Emilio scene was shot in a like, you know, the video lab at UCLA. Right. And then at that very same time though, I mean, you're you're in a you're in LA when punk rock was just the best ever, right? So great. So great. I feel so sorry for kids today that I don't know when they'll ever get something that's so like you know, from from the people up, <laughs> right? And if I remember correctly, didn't you had an apartment right above the strip? Didn't you? I did. That it was a horrible apartment, but I I selected. Yeah, it was. It. Yeah, it was. A, it was a dump. I remember it being a dump. dump, like a one room apartment with this awful shag carpeting. But I had parking for the whiskey, <laughs> like right there. <laughs> it was so like convenient because I I was a regular. So. I'm trying to remember shows back then. What what you know, what, what was like your fondest shows back then? Because there were so oh, many like good ones. X Fear, Circle Jerk, still yeah. working it. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, just played in New Orleans on Sunday. I, I yeah. heard, I heard. Now, Manny, did you uh, did you make it down there to? I did not make it down there. I you know I I I I texted Carlo. I texted I texted Xander and called him at least. 20 times uh before the sunday and he never responded to me so i figured well does he doesn't like me anymore or something huh. and then uh carlo never responded to me and i thought well did he die okay. I, I, yeah, I, no. hey, I, I don't know he was sick is what what's going on with yeah carlo is very sick right now 
But he said he was going to the show. And in fact, Morty, Carlo posted on Facebook a little, like 10 seconds of Morty at his house. Uh-huh. So Morty did go visit him. Okay. But I, I didn't, I couldn't go because um, Saturday, I didn't want to go because I figured what Xander doesn't, you know, doesn't respond. I don't know what the hell's going right. on with him. But also, uh, my back was giving me really bad problems over the weekend. So okay. I, I just didn't want to deal with it. And I, you know, and it probably didn't go on till like 10, 10 30. And that's way past my tip. Yeah. T- I tell him t- you're talking to the converted. Like, right. you know, I had this horrible accident, which I'm fine from, except that the one thing that's really painful is standing. Right. And so like my whole thing, like, you know, I can't stay up past nine o'clock and I can't stand for any length of time. So the whole like going to shows thing is all over for me. Well, right. for me, Abby, right now, it's like I can't stand for, for very long. You know, I can stand and then I have to sit down and I can't sit for very long. Right. Oh, so I, I'm doing like uh, the Keith Richards lean these days, basically. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I've been doing the last. You do rag on your head and everything. Yeah. Was okay. yeah, you know, I'm just kind of doing the Keith Richards lean constantly. But um, so I would have liked to seen them. Uh, I, I just don't know why. You know, I've been trying to get a hold of Xander for the last six months, and like you, I talked to you earlier in the year, uh, Abby. He, I, I don't know. He just doesn't answer his phone for you even sometimes. Yeah, right? no, I mean, he's really hard to reach. Now, have, now, Abby, is 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 are you related to Xander somehow? Yes, yeah, somehow, uh, like somehow we have a somehow, stepbrother yeah. or something. He, his mother, and my father were married for fifty years. My father died a couple years ago. Okay. So uh, it, it's okay. He was ninety three. He had a great death. It's wow. You know, wow. Like, okay. Well, yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> no reason to be sorry. Everything was sure. Sure. So so it's like so we have been like a blended family since hmm. you know Xander was in well like yeah since he was like you know a teenager. Okay. And and lived together when I you know got the free rent situation in San Diego. He was living there too. So we were like you know. We were, you know, family at that time. Mm. I really wasn't a good influence. I kept writing <laughs> excuses for him so he didn't have to go to school because, <laughs> you know, why should he? <laughs> now, you're in San Diego, but are you, like, coming up to L.A. for shows and stuff like that? Or just- yes. I mean, I actually – I mean, it's, it's so memorable. It seems like something from a teen movie. I drove – drove to LA to buy never mind the bollocks like it was like so like like mo- cha- life changing i couldn't wait for it to get to san diego if it ever did um, so, so you couldn't wait though so you drove to LA to get it to to, to buy sex pistols first record or, yeah or, yeah that was yeah so all right so now you're in the thick of it uh, repo man comes out it's a huge cult hit. It's a big hit, actually. Yeah, Personally, no, Robert, Roger Ebert gives it a thumbs up and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, I went and saw it at the theater out here in New Orleans. So, yes, it was a big deal. Wow. And and now Alex you know, has a little pull. Peter McCarthy has some pull. Michael Nesbitt was, was the producer of that. So how, how does, what happens now with Sid and Nancy? How you, you and Alex get together and just start writing or did you have, you knew all, you knew all along you were going to do a story. Kind of. He had actually written another script kind of about the sex pistols, but you know, with a fake name and it, it wasn't that good, but like when Sid 
when Sid killed himself or tried to kill himself and then later succeeded, when he was in in jail, when he cut himself up, it was like the whole story changed from like, oh, cool, like the Sex Pistols, punk rock, you know, anarchy to like, oh, my God, these are real people in here that are suffering real emotional pain. Yeah. And, you know, I think, you know, so based on that kind of like the, the kind of groundwork already kind of researched and thought about and then then but let's make it, you know, the tragic love story. Did you have trouble shopping it? I mean, I don't oh, think yeah. you did. You <laughs> yeah. did? I, I, I actually, this is really weird. Um, very briefly, because of Sid and Nancy, and, and unfortunately it didn't last long, I was I, I was friends with Raquel Welch. And, wow. um, yeah, it's it's a funny story, but but she was really not easy, not an easy person to be friends with. She's extremely high maintenance, like crazy. And um but so I was like trying to like, you know, manage her. And we went out to dinner in LA one time and ran, this feels so stupidly Hollywood, and ran into my agent uh, who I had submitted to Nancy to. And I said, hey, you know, so Rhonda, like, I, you, you know, I'm introducing Raquel Welch. Raquel <laughs> <laughs> Welch. <laughs> like, that was already ridiculous. And then I said, so what about our script? And she goes, oh, you two, you're so silly. Like, she just laughed. <laughs> oh, God. no i no interest so it got made in england where people are more receptive right and uh, both you and alex went and it was probably easier to research there too i bet huh yeah i mean he he alex did a lot of on the ground research there and i did stuff here like for some reason I, do, you, do you remember doug williams dougie yeah i remember dougie sure the the guy who was in clothing right clothing yes and he's parlayed his clothing thing into like um into like a you know a su serious vintage broker dealership he actually sold one of my t-shirts for fifteen hundred dollars with my t-shirt with my sweat stains in it Oh God! <laughs> because it's like a classic punk rock shirt and like people in Japan want it. So he's like on that level of dealing stuff. But where was I going with this? Got to get into the underwear business there, Abby. You know, <laughs> I hear the Japanese are crazy for that kind of stuff. He's telling us there's, there's, there's more where that came from. <laughs> I totally forgot why I was talking about Dougie, but, um, but there was some good reason. Okay. So now, see now, when Sid and Nancy's being made, made in New York and London, was a lot. Any of it shot in L.A.? Yeah, all the interiors. We we reopened the Starwood and and created interior. We we reopened Maxis, Kansas City, which was shut down but still there, and and the Starwood. Okay, cool. And we, because when what year was this? Around eighty two, I guess. No, eighty five. We shot. Okay, it. so was that? See, I was like in the throes. I was so busy myself working for HBO at that time because I had started working for HBO around eighty three, all the way through like nineteen ninety, and I just remember like uh, going to like uh, Dick Rude telling me about this film being made. You know, it's going to be made. Blah blah blah. That, and then I get to meet Joe Strummer. <laughs> it just blew me away, you know. This is like, and I think this is like right after it it opens. Yeah. Uh, Sid and Nancy. Yeah. Because you guys had, and and I'll never forget you had a L.A. party. Now I don't know if it was the rap party, but I'll never forget this. It was downtown, like down San Pedro Street, you know, down around mm -hmm. that area in some big warehouse, and seeing Gary Oldman meeting Gary Oldman, mm -hmm. and. 
he was on fire, this guy. <laughs> he was dancing like crazy. Now, I knew, I, I heard later that he had an alcohol problem, but this guy was insane and it was so fun to watch and he, he seemed like a very good guy and I, i'm glad to hear that he was kind of he didn't really he's english you know so he doesn't go into like any method stuff and i don't think he really cared for said vicious <laughs> <laughs> you know it's kind of it was good good performance like no doubt but it's like he didn't really relate to sid so you know on some level and so like during the whole shoot he was never really like all that relaxed because, okay. But um, but it's good to hear he cut loose at the crowd party. I remember that party. I've I have a question, Abby. So uh, you were on set when when all that was the the they're shooting the movie. I know Courtney Love the whole time was trying to to worm her way into it. Stop! Uh, stop right here. She was not Courtney. First of all, is it someone I really like and I really respect? Okay. And I won't hear shit about her, but I'll tell you the story f for real. And I've actually, I've been like, cause I'm planning to move. I've been going through old, old shit. And I found a letter that C Courtney wrote a thank you letter because she had heard about this project and she, I don't know how she got my number, but it's Courtney and I, I respect her, her wiles. Mm -hmm. Somehow she was living in San Francisco with you know, her band. I can't remember something. Uh, anyway, can't remember the name of that band, but so she heard about this and she go and she calls me and she goes, "I want to play Nancy," and I'm like, "Well, you know, okay, but like, you know, you're not an actor, blah 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 blah." But she's so persistent and she's super freaking funny. She's just like, like I want to meet this girl. She's so much fun, and so I say, "Okay, you can come in for a reading," and she comes in and she kills it. It was hmm. like awesome, like letter perfect. She was in the last, you know, finals of like, you know, it was down to like three or four or five, whatever. She was there the whole time. In the end, because she's kind, you know, even then she's young, much younger, but she's a little bit of a loose cannon and everyone's just like, I don't know if she can carry a lead role. So we said, but we're going to put her in the movie for sure. And we gave, when she got the part, and she, so she plays one of Nancy's friends and she says the title of the original title of the movie, which is Love Kills. So her part is like instrumental to our vision. So there. Okay. All right. I like it. Yeah. Somebody, somebody uh, sticking up for Courtney Love. Yeah, you know, and I, and, that, and that, perpetuate uh, that, please, if you will. Like, you know, okay. she gets a bad rap. Yeah, yeah, I know. No, I, that's, a, that's a refreshing take there, uh, Abby. Well, Manny, I'm looking at the clock and my drink. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, Abby, we're going to take a little break for a few seconds, refill our libation, I was and you do the same. I, 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 it's my beer time. It's actually 11 minutes past my beer time. Oh, well, you better okay. get on it. We'll be right back. Nation knows the drill, and we'll be right back. I'm sitting in my room. My mom and my dad came in. They pulled up the chair and they sat down. They go, Mike, we need to talk to you. I go, okay, what's the matter? They go, me and your mom, we've noticed lately you've been having a lot of problems. And you've been going off for no reason. And we're afraid you're going to hurt somebody. And we're afraid you're going to hurt yourself. So we decided that it would be in your best interest if we put you somewhere where you can get the help that you need. And I go, wait, what are you talking about? We decided my best interest? How do you know what my best interest is? How can you say what my best interest is? What are you trying to say? I'm crazy? When I went to your school, 
with Mr. Manny Chevrolet. I am Renee Coleman, back with our guest, Miss Abby Wool. Now, Abby, I know you're, you're probably new to the, the podcast. I know you've listened to a few episodes, so you must have heard uh, about our sponsor situation, which we're back to our original sponsor, Loose Change. All yes. right. And it's the only change I like. <laughs> it's the only change you can really get behind. Right, exactly. Is it loose like loose change. slots? Well, well, yeah, I guess you could say kind that of. too. Yeah, yeah, Those yeah. are the ones by the exit doors, right? <laughs> right, right. I just always love that sign, loose slots. It just <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's slightly suggestive. Well, you know, we we, we same same thing with loose change. You know, we're trying to keep it loose over here and uh, trying to keep this podcast on the road. And uh, you know, that's uh, since we don't have any actual sponsorship, it's uh, listener sponsored. So we're <laughs> we're appealing to the to the troubled nation to uh, you know support the podcast as as you listen to all these episodes. You know, in all those episodes, we have. Uh, uh, links to a PayPal account uh, and a, a Venmo account, and actually, I have a shout out to a, a few few uh, uh, supporters, uh, longtime friend of ours, and uh, and guest Jeff Treffinger. Oh, uh, 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 came, you know, had some support for the podcast as well as uh, uh, Dean Dobmeyer and a new listener, Michael Skinkus, musician Michael Skinkus, oh. uh, jumping on the bandwagon for the podcast and uh, and. Uh, uh, purchasing some cocktails for us. So, uh, yes, uh, anyone else that, that uh, is enjoying the show, please support the podcast. Uh, you know, we do have the Patreon page. It uh, takes all the all the guesswork out of it. You know, because we're worldwide, the- aren't we, Renee? We're worldwide. We are. We are. We are. In fact, uh, you know, at some future time, I might want to go through the the world map, and I, I actually have statistics. I can tell you how many how many uh, listeners we have, or how many you know uh, listens we have in each of these countries, and some of them it's surprising that we have any at all you know like uh like pakistan or yemen (laughs) but we actually do yeah 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 and and some you know we have a lot of like a a lot of listeners in norway i think that's uh our our uh, our longtime listener and and guest uh arnie skog was our ambassador to uh the norwegian blue scene i would think we'd have lots of people from patagonia well, I'm not sure. We'll have to go scroll over that, and we can, we can, uh, we can, connection we can get, get into that. Yeah, we do. We do have that's in uh, in South America, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. We uh, we can we can we can, we can pinpoint exactly uh, how many. We, There's we lots have. of wild boars in Patagonia. I'm told. Okay. Well, I don't think many of them are tuning into the podcast, but uh, you know, maybe we can. Uh, we they can might see be about less that. boring if they did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. Okay. Abby. We like we like the wordplay. Yeah. 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 Um, anyway, so, uh, and also uh, we can still get t-shirts, right? If they want a t-shirt. Yes. Yes. T-shirts on demand. We have the, the link to the troubled men, 
troubled men's wear, troubled men t-shirts. Uh, For uh, men and women, right? Men Wait, and women. Yes, how yes, how yes. small of women? Because there's small as you get, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah <laughs> I, I mean, there's a lot of talk about like medium, small, large, but small is usually not that small. No, we have women sizes. Uh, we have uh, uh, men sizes up to I don't know how many X's they make. I know we sold like a four X T-shirt wow. not too long I, ago. I, to I, a, I, I am a miss in my in my uh, following. Yeah, yeah. So and the the link the link the, shop. the link to that is in the uh, it's in the show notes or the Facebook page. And speaking of Facebook, uh, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, you know, share the the podcast with your friends and. Uh, uh, subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening to it. Uh, rate and review. You know, give us five stars. You can say uh, "fuck Manny and Renee" five stars. That <laughs> might be my favorite kind of uh, review. But uh, yeah, I think uh, I think that's about it for the the housekeeping. So uh, back to our guest, Miss Abby Wool. Yeah, Abby, we left off with uh, Sid and Nancy. It gets made. Yep. It's a it's a big hit, right? I mean, it, you know, for an got, indie film, yes, it was it was quite successful and extremely well received. And yes. And did the punk rock kids like it though? I think so. I think so. I mean, you know, it's I I don't know if you guys have watched Pistol. It seems like Yes. Yes, we I, I did. think about that. And and I think the same thing happened then and and now is that there's always like a you know, a cohort of people who are just like so cool. They think they know like exactly everything and nothing else can be as cool as their, their thoughts. And so there's criticism. Yeah. So I think that there were some very, you know, like Johnny Rotten, for instance, right. <laughs> well, that movie. Yeah. <laughs> but he hates everything. Sure. So yes. you know, what's yeah, the yeah. difference? <laughs> now it was, it was produced by, what, what was his name? Eric, um, Eric Fellner. Oh. Yeah, Fellner, yes. Ricky Fell, we called him. That was his American handle. Right, and he was with, if I remember, he was with Propaganda Pictures, right? Um, I think this is, I think that's later. He was kind yeah. of an indie producer. It was, I'm having to remember things that are hard to remember. Um, this uh, Margaret Matheson was the producer, and she was, right. it was a, a film production company associated with a BBC channel. Okay. Kind of thing. If I, but Mike Nesmith had nothing to do with Sid and Nancy. Did not, he? A, not a, okay. Not a, okay. So now Sid and Nancy, you know, it's big. Uh, uh, Joe Strummer does the song. Your, your, your brother, a cousin, Dan will does a lot of the music for it, right? Yes. My brother, he is my brother again yes. to our weird family. Yeah. <laughs> natural. Voice. Well, you're from Missouri and, You've got to show them because it's a show me state, That's right? So true. That's okay. so true. So Dan, is he still living in San Francisco? He is. He is a he is a San Franciscan through and through. Okay. Now he did all the music besides the song that Joe did, right? He did all the music. He, he for did it. the principal score. No, actually, the, he and the Pogues did also did score. Like, or they were using Pogues music. Um, yeah, so I mean, yes, but Preferate is the main scoring um, composer, right? And it was such a glorious time because I was I was getting to meet like people from the Clash, the Pogues, all these guys, and they were in LA, 
They were, you know, and I was like, if I was in New York, they were in New York. And it was so much fun because like you and Alex and Dick Root and uh, you just introduced me to all these people. And I just thought, this is, this is just fucking great, man. This is fabulous. Well, I, that's when you first met Dick Root, Manny? No, I met Dick Root back in high school. Yeah, when, uh, high school, oh, okay. but like, uh, he was, a, I was like a junior and he was a sophomore and he was, he was taking acting classes, I think at Lee Strasberg, Hollywood. And he was, that's how he met Ramon yeah. through AFI because Ramon was doing some films through AFI. And I think Ramon suggested Dick to Abby and Alex about student films. And that's how I got to know all these people. Right. And then, and then we, wait, well, we're giving some credit where credit is due is that Dick and Brandt actually Brandt. Wrote, wrote, wrote the original um, story for Repo Man, which was called Leather Rubbernecks or something right. like that. Our Brant, Brant Ryder? Yes. Yeah, Brant Ryder, our former guest, Brant yes. Ryder. Okay. Yeah. He and Dick wrote this story called Leather Rubbernecks, and then Alex made a cartoon of it. I was a very good illustrator, and he made this little cartoon, and from that, it inspired the whole concept of Repo Man. So, mm. I mean, it was kind of like the the little cartoon and the leather rubbernecks for kind of like the, the part that Dick plays in the movie. Um, but like just about like those kids, and, right? Um, you know, suburban punk just like you. Right. <laughs> right. Okay. So yeah, that it was a glorious time. If you ask me for all of us, it I mean, was. it was fabulous. And, and then there was another scene breaking on in the streets. You had the, the, uh, fishbone Thelonious monster. Yeah. 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 No, Red hot chili peppers. Oh, totally super fun like i i have no i have no desire to relive it but i'm super happy <laughs> i had that at that time well and, and it was it was it was yeah there's everyone's just playing there's gigs going on and stuff like that and i remember i mean going back to xander really quick um two free stooges were kind of at their peak and dick came up with this great joke because xander was playing for the weirdos, Thelonious Monster, two Free Stooges, and the Circle Jerks. He was he's playing a monster, for all. A dick, a jerk. <laughs> yeah, he's a, here's we introduced Xander. We well, here's Xander Sloss. He was a weirdo, a monster, a stooge, and a jerk. <laughs> so that was God, a lot I of fun. Those shows. That, that yeah. was so fun. Right. So okay. Fun. So now. Okay. So now. So the answer is over. You get your shot at doing your own film, Roadside Prophets, yeah, correct? Yeah, just like that. It just happened just like that. <laughs> uh, well, tell us how that happened. Uh, it didn't happen for many years. And um, honestly, I mean, this is why I'm no longer an indie filmmaker. Like, the struggle just never ends. And if you're an wow. indie filmmaker, I don't God, What did she just say, Renee? The struggle continues, Abby. We say that every every show. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that it doesn't continue in my case because okay, I'm, well. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I mean, and the, the kind of rewards and desire benefit it just started lessening, and um, it's just too. But not that early, right? I mean, uh, at that point, you're still still full of uh, vim and vigor, right? I was. I mean, I was still. I mean, because you know what I really wanted to do is direct, and that's why I supposedly was a screenwriter. Blah 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 blah. <laughs> and so I get I get my shot um, thanks to some man maneuverings of Peter McCarthy that weren't 
all all that all was not apparent but anyway um so i got to direct away the film and that was great i mean it was super fun directing the film it was like six week shoot absolutely great the like six or seven or six months before it and the two years after it were just a nightmare of this <laughs> endless like bullshit and stupidity and people just you know like they had this is a i don't know it wasn't it was not a big hit so many people have not seen it but it's about two guys riding a motorcycle through nevada one played by john doe the other adam horvitz but um so you know it wasn't a huge success but it's still like you know it had some you know i thought some artistic integrity and so they the the slogan that they come up with for is rebels without a clue okay (laughs) but you did get some people you got some name people you got john cusack in it yeah 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 Uh, timothy leary was in it yes indeed Um, david carradine was in it i mean you're, you're talking about you know a a party, man. <laughs> now, now, how do you not get Manny Chevrolet into that? He movie? is in that's there. What, He's in the two I, oh. Yeah, oh, okay, we okay, perform. Right. We perform early in the movie. John Doe and Adam. Um, they're they're going to the desert to what buries the ashes of a coworker or something yes. like that, right? An idea given to me by Pete Weiss in Smalls. Oh, really? Yeah. I was like, I had this, you know. This Pete's kid. still there today. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> still an idea guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, because I, I was, I had this gig to write this movie and like, and, and there was already a script, but it had no, no reason for them to go. It was just lame. And so I was talking to Pete and I was like, you know, it's got to be like something, you know, that like, you know, gets them on the road. And he's like, well, you know how an easy rider, like they get all that money and it was very much an easy writer of the 90s that's how they right got yes <laughs> so, now the, the, and, the guy who's who dies in the ashes he's a named actor too what was his name i cannot remember he, <laughs> really, he, he he seemed really good in his audition but on film he looked really demonic and not oh god because he dies because he gets electrocuted by a pinball machine, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, I mean, that just like gooses the whole thing so that you know, John Doe gets on a motorcycle and goes to all these like, you know. He's looking for El Dorado, right? Right, right. Well, the, the scene that the two Free Stoogers are in, Renee, is that, that John and Adam stop at some bar to get a drink and a bite to eat. And there's this lounge band playing. And it's us. It's basically us. It's supposed to be Vegas, Lance. <laughs> Man, yeah. it doesn't seem like as good. But we shot in that crazy, crazy location. Do you remember? Uh, out in the valley somewhere, yeah. And it was, it was some... called LGT. LGT. Yeah. And it, it was, was like an old disco check. It was yeah. like a set. <laughs> yeah, it was. It, I don't. I don't remember much, but I just remember I had my own dressing room, and I thought I was wow. a big shot. you were a big shot yeah i was but anyway so i i thought it was a fun film uh actually our song that we performed on that movie is on the soundtrack Uh of the the movie so that's what's did i make any money no i haven't seen a dime from it but uh uh, look into that for me abby (laughs) no i mean like dan did the score for that too and he gets some money like he 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 gets tons of money from all these things like he gets money from sid and nancy because he's got a little part in it and you know i haven't seen 
like any, you know, maybe two, three hundred dollars since we finished making uh, it. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't really care. It doesn't matter. But that was actually it was the one thing because I never thought the two free stooges would last because I'm not a musician. I'm just a funny guy who goes up there and and writes stupid <laughs> lyrics and stuff like that. <laughs> Yeah, I, I never thought, but I, the one thing I always wanted was to actually have some kind of document that the band was actually a band. That's why I always thought it was really sad that we never made any kind of like album or even like a, a an yes. EP or something. But I, there is there is like a video of of a performance. I know I've seen it somewhere. Yeah, I know. There's got to be something, but you can actually find that song that we did for your film. It's on this, uh, uh, there's a CD that came out in the early 90s called Wild Lounge Music or something like that. <laughs> and That's our song from your film is on that CD. I love that. Oh, okay. Like, you know, isn't that brilliant? Like someone goes to all the trouble of finding like, Finding that stuff, yeah, and, and selling it, and, you know, awesome. and ripping people off for We're it. Pirating you know? it, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so now that's all done. Yeah. You become, you just said, fuck show business, right? That's basically what you said? Well, I mean, I, I struggled for a while, and then someone, um, in fact, And you get involved with crack cocaine, don't you? I, I, I didn't. I, I, oh, okay. That, that's a different. No, that was that's, you, man. Oh, yeah. that, that, that must have been me at that time. Exactly. <laughs> and Flaka. Because sure. I, I was really, really bottoming out in terms of, like, anything, like life, money, everything. And as you may recall, friends, Tom Richmond and Sean Madigan, Tom's still alive, Sean not, um, said, you know, well, if you, you, you want us to teach you how to do something, and, and they took me off and worked on a, on a you know, super low budget film that they couldn't find anyone qualified to work on. So they taught me kind of how to be an electrician. And one thing led to another. And like the next show I worked with them on turned union. And I really didn't have a life plan, so I was like, okay, I'm a union electrician now. Okay. Hey, always need electricians. Well, but, always but, always work, huh? Yeah, there's always work. But also you had said earlier that you thought, okay, I'd go to UCLA and just get a job. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. just find a job. And that's what you're doing. You did that for a long time. I did. You know? It, it, yes, it is like, you know, get a job. And that's what I did. It was like... Uh, a good job in terms of the fact that I've never, you know, had like a job where you sit down and like pay attention all day. Like I don't, right. I don't know. So I mean, it was good, but it was really like way too hard for me. I mean, I started when I was at like early forties, and um, and you know, most the ideal electrician is like a six feet tall, like thirty year old guy. Right, and I'm none of the above, so I was really not great at the job, and and wanting to do it less and less as the years dragged on, and then this miracle happened. <laughs> I could be a life coach now. I could tell people like how to change their whole attitude toward life, but they do have to jump out of a, a 16, 18 foot platform and hopefully land on their feet. Well, oh, you didn't jump up. You, what happened? You kind of was, fell off. It was no that last step, Seduzi. It was completely my fault. <laughs> oh, um, um, I do you know what a scissor lift is? Like platform just goes straight up. Yeah, construction thing. Right. And mm -hmm. and these were super big ones. 
and they were brand new and they had the, and the gate is on the spring load so in order to keep it open to hand stuff down and you're like five feet over the ground when you're handing stuff out and I'm taking down these really big lights and I'm having to hand them through a narrow space to someone who's below me and hold this gate open so I had this great idea like the gate opening is can be solved so I took a piece of rope they're everywhere on a set tied open that gate yeah, it's so easy I'm just passing the lights out passing the lights out passing the lights out go back to where I was working go back up 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 start my work which is just like reaching overhead and like Alan or you know Crescent Ranch uh, loosening like lights you know theater type movie lights loosening them putting them down go down the do it on the line loosen put it down loosen put it down oh last steps to do see Oh, mm. uh, and you fell. I fell. It it was it's it's like you know it's PTSD, so it's like always kind of running in the background of my head. But it was like it, miracles started happening right then. That like I I'm like going crazy. I mean, it's totally like visually taking forever, and I'm reaching for like the the rungs of the scissor lift or trying to grab anything, but I'm just free falling. And I see that there's a, a stinger, I mean, a, a extension cord, we call them stingers in the business, a stinger hanging down that I reach for, even though there's no way I could have caught it. But by doing that, I like elongate my body just as I'm about to hit so that I hit feet first you know, land on your feet, and, um, which any other way you do it. Like if you land on your butt, you're going to be paralyzed. If you land on your head, you know, if you're not dead, you might as well be, etc. So all that happened was that both feet broke and one of my vertebrae. And I had great. Wow. So you were all stretched out. And as you, as you hit the ground, you kind of collapsed into yeah, it, I, dissipated all that energy. Completely. Yeah. I mean, wow. I, I, I didn't even hit my head. I just kind of crumpled mm -hmm. on, on right. my feet. That, that was so lucky. Yeah. It's so lucky. So, I mean, and swear to God, like there seems to be a lot of time when you're experiencing things like that to think mm -hmm. about stuff. So God forbid you ever find yourself falling a great distance. Try to right. land on your feet. <laughs> Okay. You don't know when that'll come back to like. So this was the film Titanic, right? <laughs> no, no, that was the saddest thing. Like, I was so glad I didn't die because there's this horrible tradition in Hollywood that there's the black screen after the titles and in memory of. Oh. <laughs> you know, and, and like that was kind of my only like real safety, like safety net. Really, was like I don't want anyone. And that liked me to have to watch this movie or TV show to get to that. Right. And, and this happened to be like a kid's show, a Disney kid's show called Austin and Allie that, you know, oh God, my daughter used to watch that about 10, 15 years ago. She used okay. to watch that show. Well, eight years ago is when Okay, I, well, maybe she's 17 now, so probably eight years ago. Yeah, 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 I, no, yeah. exactly. Like, yes, that, mm. that, that was our target audience. So, like, to have died on that show would have been just so, like, oh, man, my whole family has to watch this. Oh, man. <laughs> Now, I'm surprised, you know, you didn't have, why didn't you have your stunt double doing all your work for you? <laughs> yeah, um, below the line, there ain't, there ain't no uh, support. Yeah, exactly. 
Exactly. So now, all right, you did that. That all happens. And what's what's in the future for Abby Wool? I'm moving to the show me state. Moving back. I'm moving, moving back. back. Moving back to my homeland. And uh, is LA just gotten too much, or you just it's time? It's is it, is it's it? actually it's Long Beach. I moved to Long Beach. Oh right, right, Long Beach. 2003 because I wanted to buy a house, and you know that was insane. Like, you know. well, I remember there was a time where you were living with Xander and J.K. and some other person over in Mar Vista. Yeah, Tommy Barta. Yeah, that that was like you know really the low point of my life not necessarily because of those guys but they didn't help <laughs> <laughs> well i remember because i was at a very low point in my life and uh, i was hanging out with jk a lot who used to like to use people he, he was a, a, i love him dearly i saw him a few years ago here in new orleans but he was this kind of guy i was like manny uh i'm gonna run this marathon so can you film me running the marathon? <laughs> I was like, all right, sure, dude, I'll film it. Oh, Manny, I just finished running the marathon. Can you go to the Talpa and get me the vegetable enchiladas? <laughs> I was like, all right, JK, sure. But all the time I was always visiting you guys, you were always in your room just watching. I don't know what the hell you were watching, court TV or something like that. You- <laughs> just trying to like not be like you know just just on demographics alone. I'm the only female and I'm the oldest. So right. That becomes like you know I'm the mom there, and it was like yeah, like you know everybody be like sitting there in their boxer shorts with the heat jammed up ordering from Jerry's Deli, like $90 sandwiches. And then, you know, when it's time to pay the rent, I don't have any money. (laughs) (laughs) But I remember you would just sit there smoking your camels, I think, if I'm correct. I was still smoking cigarettes. You still are? Well, you should quit. I'm 20 years gone. Oh, good, 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 good. We're we're all all quitting. But Manny and I are thinking about starting again. (laughs) Yeah, that's a thing that we might think. There's someone next door to me that, like, sneaks out in the backyard for a smoke every now and then. And when I'm in my own backyard, it's, like, such heaven to smell it coming over. (laughs) (laughs) uh, (laughs) Old habits die hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, no, I I have a student worker where I work. And she's a smoker, and she'll come in. She'll come back from her lunch break, and I'll just smell it on her. And I'm going, man, that 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 smells. Good. No, that well, I don't know the after smoke because I sometime after recently after I smoked or near after I smoked, stopped smoking. Um, I went to Las Vegas. Hopefully for the last time. It was like I don't know if you've been there lately, but it's not as fun fun as once was. No, I haven't. Uh-uh. But anyway, so like without talking about how awful the the entire trip was, I I had stopped smoking, but I'd been in casinos all night, and I'd been in a strip club, and I done all these things. And so I came home. I took off all my clothes as in hotel as you do, throw them on the chair. I get up the next morning and I pick up the clothes and I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe right. I used to smell like this. All the time. All the right. time. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I know. It's shocking. It burns your eyes when you're not used it's to horrible. it. It's <laughs> horrible. Like, if it's freshly out of someone's lungs, it smells good. But after that, everything starts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, nothing's quite as good as you remember it. So. Okay, Abby, I think we have a few minutes left, right, Renee? We have a few minutes left? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I'm going to mention some names, and, and you tell me if you're still in touch with them or not. Okay. Uh, 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 um, 
And thumbs up or thumbs down? Yeah. <laughs> Nick Ratner. Oh, thumbs up, but not for a long time. Yeah, I, I spoke with him about a few years ago when I, I took the family to New York. He's still exactly the same. Yeah, he is. Like, I, so, I love him. I love him. I, I wish He's I just would. an angry, angry guy. It's so like on his like brain is working so perfectly. I know. All the time he owns he owns some bars now in New York also, and he's doing. I've heard. I've heard. And he's still doing his uh, ADR work and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and I, what I love about Nick is he's one of those. He's a, a bar owner that doesn't allow TVs in his bar. Yes. No TVs allowed. Yes. Nice. So. Okay. All right. Someone we mentioned yeah, earlier. I want to stick in a uh, like a shout out for my brother, my actual blood brother Dan Wool, who did the score of a movie that is out kind of now and is the weirdest movie. No one can explain it or describe it. It's called Mad God, uh, directed uh-huh. by Phil Tippett. It was who is special effects guy for you know Star Wars. Jurassic oh, okay. That Phil Tippett, and he and Phil. It's a stop motion, and Phil has been working on it for thirty years. Dan only came on twenty years ago, and you know Google it, Mad God. It it defies everyone's um, ability to to relate to cinema, except that it's fascinating. Okay. Okay. Tip for the troubled nation there. Yeah, yeah check it out. God. It's about a very, very troubled nation. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm coming out with a movie called Bad God. Um, okay. Well, know. Phil Tippett is shaking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Here comes um, the competition. Okay. Um, Ramon Menendez. Living in Miami. Oh, well, that's that's about right. I think that's about right. Yeah, he now, <laughs> last time I went, I saw Ramon was, I think, late 80s, early 90s. Uh, he was, I think he was writing or directing Divorce Court, that syndicated show, <laughs> Divorce Court. He, Big hit. He did, he did hit some bottoms, but... <laughs> He ended up, um, well, many different things, of course, but uh, he, t- he ended up living in Singapore for five years. Um, mm. NYU had a film school satellite, and he uh-huh. was a professor there for five years. So he became like world traveler. Like he would just, he'd spend So he was a drug mule, basically. <laughs> he could have been. However, it was more about like different girlfriends with different sized butts. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I was going to say sex tourism. But, uh, <laughs> kind well, of. <laughs> that. I had a night with Ramon. He a was. Night with Ramon. No, a night with Ramon. Yeah. Does I had a good. night with him in <laughs> Vegas. With, remember my old friend David I was Bo? there too. I was there too, Manny. Okay. <laughs> I well, was, I, Ramon was my Ramon and David were got got some tickets or something, and they were on some probation program, and that's how they met. They had to take these classes together. Oh, because I, I actually ran into Dave. This is Dave Bo, right? Yeah, Dave Bo, yeah. I was actually doing jury duty, and I ran into him where he was um, – you know, on trial. Oh, yeah. no, no. <laughs> He's like, don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. <laughs> okay. Funny. Well, yeah. So Ramon's in Miami, which is great. I just, there was a night in Vegas where me and him and Dave Bo, and I think Dick Rude, a yeah, bunch of other Rude people. And me. Yeah. Me, and, Ramon, <laughs> and Ramon could not stop talking about my shoes. He was, he, just, <laughs> he was just so hammered, and I had these like creepers. 
there's creepers that made you like two inches taller than you were or whatever. Right. right. You know, and he just kept on saying, Manny, I love your shoes. I love your shoes, Manny. I love your shoes. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I love your shoes, man. I said, okay, Ramon, you know. Yeah, that was New Year's Eve because I remember, like, I went with, do you know Bill Day? Because Bill Day and Ramon and I just drove to Vegas. It's New Year's Eve. I don't know why. Maybe because we knew you guys were going to be there. Yeah. Like, no hotel. Vegas was so easy because it was just two hours away. Okay, one last name. I don't know. uh, Modi Frank. Funny you should ask. I actually Googled her recently. I'm not on any social media, so I can't do it that way. Um, and I don't think I, I, as I recall, I didn't find anything. Okay, well, she's now living in Austin, Texas. She quit oh, the film business. Yeah, she's doing some kind of nonprofit stuff. But when before the pandemic, John Doe came down here and did an acoustic gig at Chicky Wawa. Renee, were you there for that? I was. Okay, and he did like you know after the show, he sold CDs and took uh-huh. pictures with fans and stuff like that. Kiss my wife on the cheek. There you go. Yeah, okay. At my request. Well, he he kissed my wife in the ass at my request. Okay. (laughs) Okay. But anyway, I I asked. You win, Manny. Yeah, yeah, I win, yeah. Um, I was up there and I said, John, it was a great show and all that. I don't know if you remember me, but I was in Roadside Profits with you. I'm old friends with Abby Wool, and he's like, "Boom!" His whole face lit up when he uh, when I when I mentioned your name, Aww. and like it was like a line behind us of at least twenty thirty deep, and he would not stop talking to us because he wanted to know what was going on. And then then I mentioned Modi, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I still talk to Modi all the time." Blah 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 this. So it was you know it, it was a good feeling you know reconnecting in some way. That is cool. Like I remember Modi had a baby, which kind of like kind of yes. rocked her her whole like scene. I think. So what yeah. what happened with the baby? Is the baby all grown up? I I'm assuming. I know she um, uh, last time I was in touch with her. I know she got really big with her website, and she was showing all the films that we did together. Oh, cool! You know, Modi and I, and they were getting lots of pub and all that kind of stuff. But I think once she had the kid. I think she realized that this is not the business anymore. Yeah, just I like, mean, it, it, it seems really apparent, like even without talking to her about it, it's like, oh no. Yeah, she just, she just got up, packed her bags. And, you know, I don't think the father was much involved in her life no, kind of thing. I don't even and, know. But, oh. Yeah, and uh, so she stop. packed up and moved to Austin. And, and uh, what I know is she's – She's uh, an activist for a lot of nonprofits there and that's stuff great. like that. That is good. Like, yes, that sounds like she made the right moves. I do think that, like, there's, and you can probably, you know, support, confirm or deny this. There's something good about leaving LA. People seem to, like, settle into themselves better. Well, like, you know, people say, why'd you move to New Orleans from LA? And I, and, and I give them this answer well, I, I moved here to clean up my act. Of all places, <laughs> yeah, that was kind of astounding. The racetrack, yeah. the pharmacy, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I came here to clean up my act, and uh, uh, so yeah, it is kind of weird. Um, if I could hit a number, I'd like to you know, maybe move back to LA for three months out of the year or something like that. But yeah, well, good that's 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 about hitting the number. No, I mean, but anyway, listen. You're fabulous. <laughs> so yes. are you. Abby, thank you so much. Oh, it's yeah. so great right. to uh, talk to you here and uh, dig into your whole story. This was yeah. fun. And uh, so let us know what's going on. When do, when do you plan on moving? 
um, I'm going to put my house on the market in March. Oh, not till March. Okay. I don't want to move across the country in the winter with my cat. Uh, oh, okay. I get it. Uh, and your beers. <laughs> you have you have one cat? Just one, yes. Okay, right on. Okay. Well, listen, Abby, uh, I'm glad you came on. It, like Renee said, it's been a long time in the making. Likewise. Uh, and if you could suggest anyone that would like to come on the show from the past, we'd love to have them on. Uh, you yes. know, maybe Xander. I, 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 I would speak to him. If I ever speak to him, I will. I will mention it. But like, like I say, it's like almost never that I get direct communication unless somebody in the family is sick or you know having some awful uh, thing going on. Well, maybe we can uh, be instrumental in reconnecting you guys. Maybe it can work that way. <laughs> there you go. And I also, I think he's that. actually, if not now, very soon. I think that the tour goes offshore to. Europe and to Asia. Catalina? No, dude. Yeah. You're going to Europe and Asia and Australia. Okay, well, uh, what is it, Manny? Dentalrecords.com. Yeah, right. exactly. You there know, you I go. asked my dentist once, like, you know, when there'd been some kind of thing where they were looking for dental records, I asked my dentist, hey, have you? has anyone ever asked you for dental records? And he said, no. Never. Like, how do yeah, they know yeah. who your dentist is? It's just on TV. <laughs> Well, well, no. uh, okay. Go ahead, Benny. No, no, no. I was just about. No, I was just about to say uh, thanks again, Abby. I appreciate it. Uh, I've been sitting too long. That means I have to stand up now. I get it. Uh, uh, but anyway, keep in touch. Let me know about your move and all that. And Marion and Selena give their love to you. Likewise, like right back at them, except that like, you know, Selena couldn't talk when I first Yeah, I know. <laughs> you met her, she was six months old and yeah. stuff like that. <laughs> she basically just was sleeping when you met her. Uh, but she remembers you. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Renee, well, how do we like to sign off here? Well, Abby, uh, as, as always on the Troubled Men podcast, we like to say trouble never ends. But the struggle continues. Good night. Good night.